0: This is Punk Rock and Politics, and today is January 10th, 2017, and this is episode number three. Let's do this.
1: These days are strange, it's true. I would bomb the shit out of them. If you think that punk rock doesn't mix with politics, you're wrong.
0: Welcome to Punk Rock and Politics. Today we're talking about Obama's farewell address and the American war machine. So let's get to the political mosh pit, but first, here's the news of the week.
1: Here's what's making news.
0: Jeff Sessions' confirmation hearings for Attorney General were held today with several interruptions from protesters. One particular outburst was during a discussion between Graham and Sessions about the legality of Guantanamo Bay. (laughs) Go figure. And the new red scare continued at a CNN town hall last night where Bernie Sanders said that he agrees with the U.S. intel on the accusations of the Russian hacking of the election. But... He remains silent on the DNC rigging of the primary election. And President Obama will address the nation tonight, and as a farewell address, and after an eight-year hiatus, the marketing campaign of Hope will be resurrected, trying to salvage whatever credibility he has left as he leaves office in under two weeks. And that's the news! So, today was Obama's farewell address to the nation. And um, the theme of the address was threats to the democracy, more or less. Uh, he went over several threats to the mo- democracy as he saw it. Um, and. I just kind of wanted to go over his speech. I took some notes over a little bit of the highlights and kind of look over the past eight years. And after I heard the whole speech, I, I really thought, well, that was a great speech. Um, but it's only really a great speech if you take it out of the context of the last eight years and the things that he has done or has not done. We'll go into that a little bit more. So... It was kind of fitting or interesting that the entire, um, uh, his address, it kind of started off with, uh, I'm pretty sure there's some heckling or people chanting something about, I, I heard something about corporate greed and yelling. Um, it was definitely not cheering cause they were definitely had a standing ovation in the beginning, but, uh, the people wouldn't stop yelling. Um, and then other people started yelling back. So that was really interesting that it kind of started with that. And Obama just kept talking. He just kept talking over um, those those uh, yells. And it was it was quite loud because I heard it and went on for a little bit for the beginning part of the speech. So, And uh, he made no break. He went right into it, um, wanted to go over the recovery of 2008. Um he talked about the auto industry and how he he saved the auto industry. Uh talked about the new jobs, um killing bin Laden, uh gay marriage being passed, and 20 million new people on the ACA are having health insurance. So all those saying that, like it said, sounds great. Um but then until you go and look into the actual the context of it, uh the recovery 2008 yeah there definitely has been a recovery but it's been a weak recovery and mainly based off of the monetary uh, the federal reserve pumping their monetary policy of uh, the quantitative easing and just pumping free money into our economy also with the federal reserve having a low interest rate it basically creates free money for the banks to loan out um to anyone so i'm and also, a lot of the jobs that were created or have been created since two thousand eight have been low income um, service industry jobs. Where we lost a lot of high end factory and construction jobs, um, we lost those in two thousand eight. So the jobs that we have recovered from versus the jobs that we've lost, the pay. Despair disparity is is isn't really close. So people, yeah, sure, they got a job, but they have to have two jobs now in order to uh, make a, the same income they were before two thousand eight. Um, the auto industry, I mean, yeah, definitely uh, that would have happened. Uh, George Bush was hinting at it at the end of two thousand eight. Um, that he, I mean, he he was definitely putting money in there, but it was Obama who came in and actually was the one who bailed out the auto industry along with his stimulus package so that he i mean it was really more just um general motors i think ford didn't get a bailout and um i'm pretty sure chrysler got bought out so really when he says saves the auto industry it's more well you save gm definitely so um and then again he said the new jobs and that goes back to the the low wage jobs, yes, we've added a lot of jobs since 2008, but they're they've been low wage, um, so it's not really going to help the economy in the way that we need it to. Because sure, we're adding all these jobs, but they're not giving the people the money. And since we are a consumer based economy, this consumers aren't having the money and the capital to actually be spending into the economy. Um, he claims, you know, said he killed Bin Laden. So yeah, definitely he uh he killed bin Laden. So um we'll we'll give that one to him. That was something George Bush couldn't couldn't achieve because uh, you know, George Bush needed the boogeyman, but Obama was able to transfer the boogeyman from um a single person as uh, bin Laden to a group of mysterious people, you know, called Isil or Isis, you know. All right, gay marriage. Um, definitely, that happened while he was in office. However, I don't know if uh, President Obama can really um, take any credit since it was the Supreme Court that passed um, gay marriage. But it definitely did happen under his watch. So, I mean, there you go. That's the, I, I. We can give that to him. And then, as far as the twenty million on the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare, well. How many of those people, those 20 million people, are mandated to be on it because they're going to get a fine if they don't, and they don't even want to be on the health insurance? Well, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's probably a a big amount of those. Or how many of those people are on it, but they're not even happy with what they're getting or happy with their plan? Or, okay, sure, maybe these 20 million are happy, but how many people have been um, kicked off their plan or lost their doctors or other problems? from the ACA that it, it doesn't offset so yes the ACA the ACA is better than whatever was what we had before it, we had improvements but it's still it's 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 a it's a it's a republican uh, program created by the heritage foundation and Obama put that forward well we're going to get more into that later All right, so those were pretty much uh, the major lists of his accomplishments that that he put out. And, oh, here, so he said he'll, this is with the ACA, he said he will publicly support a health insurance bill that would save more money than the ACA. So that's when I thought, well, when is... President Obama going to publicly endorse universal health care. Because universal health care would save more money. If you cut the insurance companies out, the people who Obama basically partnered with to write the ACA, if you cut them out and cut the profit margin out, you have more money to actually provide care and to pay the doctors. So... I'm wondering when Obama is going to come and support universal health care because universal health care or universal one-payer, single-payer system for a country is way more efficient and cost-effective than the ACA. And, I mean, at least that's not just a theory. That's proven by every other, um the other governments and the other countries that are actually running a single-payer system. One thing I actually did really... um like and didn't expect him at all to say, he addressed automation and robots and technology and how it's going to wipe out middle-class jobs um, that we just expect to be there. Specifically, I mean, he didn't say this, but he was definitely talking about driving jobs and all sorts of um, automation is going to eliminate jobs. So he said this is something we need to um, look out for. And I I think that that was really... um, out of the blue but i definitely think that that was a very bold statement and it's it's true and it's something we do need to plan for then he talked about race relations and how um all parties all races need to see it from the other uh perspective you know again it it sounded great and um it was put together as a great speech he delivered it great But it just, after looking at the past eight years, I suppose in race relations you can't really hold Obama accountable because he definitely, you you know, as much as Republicans or the right want to say he he made race relations worse, I don't think that's really the case. However, um, he did say that many people said once he was elected, now that he... um, Became president back in 2008, they were saying this that it's a post racial world. And he was saying, he said now that that was completely unrealistic. And it almost would have been better and had more um, substance if he would have said that. Back in 2009 and then so people wouldn't live in this bubble especially particularly the elite liberal class you know in those liberal cities they think oh it's a post-racial society and everything's wonderful and they just don't they don't understand um they don't see it from other people's perspective and that was one thing Obama said we need to do and I definitely think um that was a good point and i commend him on that that, that was good and um yeah and then but then <laughs> he got to climate change and he went off about climate change and it's that was just so hollow because it's where have you been president obama for the dakota access pipeline um wh- where have you been and that <laughs> that also goes into sovereign um um sovereignty of the indigenous people in their nations. Uh, he's been nowhere on that. Also, but going back to the environment, where was he? How? Why did it take so long for uh, the Keystone XL, Keystone Pipeline, for him to reach a decision? Why is he granting offshore permits to be able to drill? So... And continuing fracking. So a lot of he talks about climate change and he says how, oh, it's going to be horrible because, you know, the, we're going to be worrying about this. And by then there's going to be waves and we're all going to be dying because the weather is going to be so horrible. But a lot of his actions and a lot of the bills that he's been pushing forward, especially how he's pushing for the TPP, all those free trade deals and all of these environmental bills that he has been approving and okaying he is are are not helping um the climate change issue so when he's talk gets up there and talks about climate change it really it rings hollow because there's there's just there's no um there's no substance no bills for him to fall back on and quote he just has words and they're good words and he delivered them wonderfully and it sounded great back in 2008 and it sounds great now in 2017 but the thing is like I said once you put it in context it it just rings hollow and well, this is this is my favorite of course we go back to the the, the new red scare he mentioned the propaganda machine um and i I don't know if he's directly referring to Russia or what that was about, but yeah, he's mentioned the propaganda machine it's, and his the military says has taken out tens of thousands of terrorists. And that's true because. Obama doesn't really capture and torture terrorists, unlike George Bush did. Obama just bombs their entire family with a drone. So, I mean, we all know the report that say, states 90% of people uh, killed with drones by America have, have been civilians. So we're taking these risks and we're killing civilians in order, five, ten civilians, in order to just kill one supposed of terrorist one supposed of isis collaborator and <laughs> where has it gotten us where has it gotten us it's only gotten us more war more instability in the middle east it just it's it's madness but most likely it started under george bush it continued under obama and it will definitely continue under trump because that's just that's how our countries ran It's the military-industrial complex. They have more power on this country than most people want to admit. And then it's when Obama talked about the NSA and spying and said he pulled it back. It's... (laughs) he didn't pull it back and even if you did pull it back what kind of like accomplishment is that oh, okay we were totally breaking the constitution and warrantlessly wiretapping everyone and spying on all americans on all emails however oh we've pulled it back a little bit so it's it's not that big of a deal anymore it's not that bad because we're not we're not uh spying on everyone so much now <laughs> i thought that was a very bold statement uh, to say the least. And then he went on to the global fights. You know, we will need global fights because uh, it's going to be about global terrorism, of course. So what is global fights and global terrorism? What does that need? That needs global leadership. So Obama Obama's still really young. He's still really young. There's still a lot he can accomplish. His final point was rebuilding our democracies cuz you know democracy was under threat so then he wanted to talk about um rebuilding our democracy and he said we need to make it easier to vote um well i thought that was funny make it easier to vote where again again sounds great and he delivered it wonderfully but where was he in Arizona during the primaries when people were waiting in lines? Because they weren't able to vote because the the primary... Uh, election is so so confusing and you have to uh get in certain parties and it's either a closed primary also a lot of people were shifted off their uh their voter registration or moved to new locations so where was he if he thinks it's so important for more people to vote where was he during that election where was he during the primary where was he talking out about super delegates? who give more electoral votes than the regular, a regular vote. Where was he during this? So he could say all he wants now, but it's just, it, it just rings hollow. And again, he, next point he wanted, said, reduce money in politics where Hillary Clinton, who he supported, he went out and, um, did several stops, several campaign stops with her, She raised raised more money than any other presidential campaign ever in the history of America. And she still lost to Donald Trump. One of the most hated men ever to run for president. And he also spent pennies in comparison to Hillary. So Obama comes out. Just a few months later, after supporting Hillary, who has got money from super PACs, coll- she was collaborating with her super PACs. She was getting money from the Saudis, getting the most money ever raised in the history of American politics to run for president. And now he's saying, oh, we need to get money out of, po- out of, out of politics. Never mind who I just endorsed and just supported. Again, it sounds great, and it was a great speech. Actions speak louder than words. oh, and this is this is this one's definitely my favorite, and um got me going. He said we need don't argue with people online. You need to go out and talk to them in person so okay, here's the thing. We know Hillary Clinton. Paid. She bought and paid for 2 million Twitter followers. We also know that Correct the Record, uh, Super PAC, by David Brock, was actually paying for people to go online and troll Bernie Sanders and Trump supporters. So we know this. So we know that Hillary Clinton online supporters are fake. So if her online supporters are fake, how can I go into the real world and talk to them? Especially when I'm driving around in um southern california blue southern california and i see more bernie and trump signs uh, 10 times more than i see hillary signs and hillary bumper stickers during the election how can i talk to those people sure i see them online sure the media tells me they exist but i don't find them in real life even to conversate with them so i don't know how i can even do that but that was definitely that was rich i i thought that was great um Because the the online supporters of Hillary is way stronger than the actual physical, real-world support of Hillary. And I hate to break it to you, but the online support of Hillary was pretty, pretty weak during the election. So that says a lot. And then going on, Obama to close it out, uh, he addressed his wife, Michelle, and his daughters, and he talked to Joe Biden and his staffers and his volunteers. And actually, um that was a really you know, that was very uh heartfelt and touching. You can tell it was sincere, and that's one thing about Obama, I'll give it to him. He's definitely um he's, he, he seems from an outside perspective, he seems like an amazing husband, seems like a great father, a great dad. Um, He seems like an awesome person. I would love to hang out with him. I mean, I wouldn't mind hanging out with George Bush either, but that would be different reasons. That would be just to laugh and get drunk probably with George Bush. But with Obama, I would actually want to hang out, sit down with him and talk with him because he definitely seems like a very intelligent, articulate, smart man. And that's why I think so many people had so much writing on him. They had so much dedicated. They heard hope and change. And yes, we can. And we just had this bank collapse, this bank failure. And we saw, yes, we can. We could change. We could fix this. And we, people used Obama kind of as like a political Rorschach test. And they saw what they wanted in him. And they projected their hopes and their dreams and what they wanted to change. And then once he came in, and that didn't really happen, it pretty much let a lot of people down. It softened his core support base, and then uh, it you know a lot of people who were kind of wishy washy they just left and they left politics or just wrote wrote Obama off. So. One, now again, everyone's coming together who pretty much abandoned him after the last six years. They're coming back now and being like, Oh, Obama, you're so wonderful. Thank you for everything you did. I love you so much. Oh my goodness, I'm in tears. And they're watching his last speech. And once again, they're just watching the speech. They're just watching the theatrics on TV. They're just listening to the words and just hearing the con- how it's presented. They're not paying attention the context. And once you add the context into the speech, it's a much different speech. All right. Well, that's enough of that. Now we're moving on to the next little thing. It's uh, the CFR report. So this uh, report, it came out on uh, January 5th, 2017. It's by uh, Micah Zinko, and it's titled and it's by uh, the C- CFR, or Council on Foreign Relations. Um, I'll have the link in, in the description of the video. But it's titled, How Many Bombs Did the U.S. Drop in 2016? And um, spoiler alert, it is a lot. <laughs> Unfortunately, sadly. Um, okay, so I'm going to read a little bit. Uh, in President Obama's last year in office, the United States dropped 2671 bombs in seven countries. But they're saying this estimate is undoubtedly low considering reliable data is only available for airstrikes in Pakistan, Yemen, Somalia, Libya, and a single strike— according to the Pentagon's definition, can involve multiple bombs or ammunition. So <laughs> they're saying the only available data that we have is Pakistan, Yemen, Somalia, Libya. That's, that's that's only available data. We're dropping bombs in seven countries. That doesn't even go to count how many proxy wars that we're conducting throughout the country. So Obama has escalated the war, and once again, that's something... Yeah, he killed Osama bin Laden, but the military has completely gone into more countries where the wars have expanded, ISIS has gotten worse, so, and we've dropped more bombs, and it hasn't prevented any more terrorism. And if anything, these more bombs that we're dropping is creating more terrorism. So the most bombs that were dropped were in Iraq and Syria. So this is just 2016 alone. uh Syria's 12,000. Iraq, 12,000. Afghanistan, 1, 1,300. Libya, 500. Yemen, 34. Somalia, 14. And Pakistan, 3. Um, it's so a t- total of 26,171. Not um, bombs being dropped with our with our tax dollars, and it's you know we always point and say it's the politicians and it's someone else, but really, I mean, this is our country doing this, and if we take pride in our country, well, we we need and we don't believe in dropping bombs on all these countries. Well, we need to step up and do something about it. But who knows what's going to really happen, because once the Trump administration gets in there, is he going to escalate this war on terrorism, global war on terrorism, or is he going to sustain it? Who knows? I mean, we definitely know that the anti-war... um movement is going to be strong against Trump. So if anything, it's going to be harder for Trump to accomplish uh some of these things that Obama accomplished like bombing seven countries. It's going to be di- more difficult for Trump to carry out these bombings because that headline that I just read which came out a few days ago before with Obama is just buried in the headlines because the mainstream media, they don't want to talk about how many countries Obama is bombing and how Obama is bombing more countries than bush bombed or how obama has deported more people than any other president. The mainstream media doesn't want to talk about that cuz they want to paint trump as a racist and a bigot. Now, don't get me wrong, trump definitely has his problems, but just to write him as a racist and a bigot is that's just very naive. It's just too simple. Who knows what's what's going to happen? It's going to be some interesting times. And we'll definitely be here to talk about it with you. But before we go out We have a little song from an old project that I did, an inspiration of Obama in his last eight years. Here's a little song by Audio Martyr titled Buried at Sea. For some real fake news according to buzzfeed trump ordered hookers in moscow and had them urinate on a bed all to get back at mrs obama that's right you can't make this up keep up the great work buzzfeed and if you enjoyed the show and information brought to you please like and share the video thanks and we'll see you next time and rock on political junkies I think our old our society is run by insane people for insane objects, objectives. They're doing a better job of talking to each The left hand now knows what
1: the right hand is doing. Look at those hands. Are they small hands?
0: And he referred to my hands. If they're small, something else must be small. I guarantee you there's no problem. I guarantee it.